Welcome to the Queer Movie Podcast, celebrating the best and worst of LGBTQ plus cinema, one glorious genre at a time. I'm Rowan Ellis, and welcome to one of our guest specials that we'll be releasing between our usual Queer Movie Club episodes. Today we're joined by Gabe, who will be answering the question, what movies made you queer? I'm very excited to welcome creative producer and storyteller extraordinaire, Gabe Hicks, aka Gabe James Games. Hello, I'm happy to be here. I was talking to Rowan, I was like, yes, let me just talk about these things. It's it's actually something that I have never really talked about, uh, especially since more of my expression has been like more publicly recent. Like this last year is when I really started openly sharing uh, my identity and stuff. Amazing. I like that we're giving you the opportunity to do what I think a lot of people like to do, which is just talk excitedly about movies. Um, I feel like it's a universal language. Absolutely. And I'm very glad to be a part of it. So um, this is going to be the first episode of this type of format that we're oh trying. Gosh. I know, very exciting. You're the, the debut. So I would love to hear how many movies slash sort of pieces of media TV shows did you bring today for us? So I brought four movies and then one piece of media. Amazing. Yeah. Do you have a, an order? Do you, have you already planned out your ideal order for this? Or are you just going to pick them out of a hat at random? I actually did plan an order. In which case, far from it, the, the, that sentence didn't make any sense. I was like, I was about <laughs> to say an idiom. Far be from it. Far from it to be, to me, to Gabe. Yep. <laughs> um, AKA, what is your first choice, Gabe? Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, okay. Well, if anyone has ever spoken to me in my entire life, they will know that I am a massive Elizabeth Swan apologist and also love to talk about Pirates really? of the Caribbean. All right, that's fair. And I would love to hear your thoughts about it. And then obviously cancel this podcast episode if we uh, disagree on this very first movie. Cool, cool. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. You know, the friendship is hanging on this, Gabe. Good, Please good. Please be, be aware. The the appearance of Jack Sparrow to me was that was the moment when I was like, I don't know if I want to be with him or be him kind of column A, column B. Like, why not both? Weird, bold, beautiful, strange, unapologetic, charming in the way that he was just weird and just did it and was surrounded by such a wild assortment of people. Uh, and then Calypso is one of the most, like the actress who plays Calypso as well as the character, uh, some of the most beautiful people that I've really seen. So the more characters they introduce, and then the later ones when, uh, spoiler alerts, you got like Barbosa's daughter. And just, I was like, why is everyone so attractive? I will say Orlando Bloom, like I enjoyed him, but I can't separate him from Legolas. And Legolas was too much of a pretty boy for my taste because it was it was like long flowing pretty boy i wanted like weird gritty strange boy which is why jack sparrow pretty much checked all the boxes yeah will turner wasn't really giving that he was very sweet in his own way it was really funny because i, re I remember pirates of the caribbean was out at exactly the same time as lord of the rings how do i know that because i yep. fully remember having posters of both on my wall and i did have posters of orlando <laughs> bloom uh, as both roles which was Really, I think just the last vestiges of my like supposed heterosexuality clinging to the walls of my bedroom. Yep. 
yep. I think that what you just said about I didn't know if I wanted to be be them or like be with them. Yeah. What a mood. What a queer mood. I feel like that is something that most of us can relate to. This strange kind of like there is something alluring about this and I'm not entirely sure yes. what what element of this is working for me. Yeah. Were you like a pirate kid? Was that was that a thing that you were already obsessed with or was this kind of like a new new <sighs> thing for you in those years? It was a new thing for me and it became like a fixation. I was like I want all of this. I wasn't a pirate kid until those movies came out. And then I was wholeheartedly a pirate kid. I was like sea shanties, sea monsters. And like the thing is, I couldn't swim. So like, <laughs> it, was, it was very interesting Amazing. that I was like all about it. But you know what? Like if I can't swim, maybe Jack would save me. And if he didn't, maybe I deserved it. I don't know. But like, I look, I would risk it. I would risk it for the biscuit. I just love yeah I was gonna ask did you live near the sea I was just imagining you on your own little boat and you're like nope not at all I lived in the woods in the forest and maybe that was part of why I loved it I was terrified of boats but like I would yo if if Jack Sparrow was like all right Gabriel we're getting on a ship and we're sailing the sea I'm like say less I wherever you need me I will <laughs> I swab the deck I will fire the gun I'll swing on a rope above the sea and I might die but I'm gonna die happy that's hilarious to me because obviously, I mean, I feel like it's not really a spoiler to say Jack Sparrow in those movies is not the most moral of people. So no. I just love the idea that you're just like, whatever you say, Jack, I'm there. Yep. Like it doesn't even. And he's like, oh, don't have to convince you. Or like, Jack, listen, I'm already on the boat. Like, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, you didn't, Jack, you, I'm here. Like, I, I, I'm basically committed to whatever happens next. <laughs> Have you been to the new revamped Pirates of the Caribbean ride? Yes, uh, I Any have. of the Disneylands that have Jack in it? I was at Disney World in October and like Pirates of the Caribbean was one of the things I explicitly wanted to do. And the animatronics are so good. It's actually very startling. <laughs> it's, it's really funny because obviously you've got all of the old uh, animatronics, which are let's just say not as good yep and it's and then just this one weirdly human like figure in the middle of it yep. which i greatly enjoyed so i uh as i mentioned elizabeth swan i'm an elizabeth swan apologist i basically just think that those movies everyone i understand the allure of jack sparrow and maybe it's a lesbian in me gabe i'm not i hey. i'm not lying i might be biased but i feel like there's obviously he's well, such a memorable biased, character lesbiest yeah lesbiest that oh you know what? I'm using that now. <laughs> never, never will the word bias cross my lips anymore. I will be writing it in emails. I will explain nothing. Um, oh shit, that's funny. Damn. But they, they, you honestly add comedian to the list of stuff you do, Thank Gabe. Thank you. Because you honestly do everything, and it, it was about time that you added another string to the to the bow. That's true. Which I assume you can also shoot. You seem like the kind of person who would know how to shoot arrows. I have two bows and three crossbows. Of course you do. Of course you do. Yeah, that was not even a question. But yeah, Elizabeth Swan, the movies are just about her. The whole, like, Will especially. I love Will Turner. Like, he's a lovely character and everything. Mm -hmm. But all he does is get rescued by Jack or Elizabeth. Yeah. And then just go around going, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, That's like true. the entire time. That's his entire role. And like, I love that for him. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to say, I feel like the reason that I don't like Elizabeth is because they intentionally made her an ass. And they didn't have to. They could have made her way more of an endearing figure that was just a powerful woman. And they instead tried to, they, it's like they, they were like trying to pretend that they were committing to a damsel in distress. But then it's like, but no, she's like powerful. But I'm like, why did you make her powerful? And then like snarky. Okay, but here's the thing, Gabe. Yes. Have, yeah. you, have you heard of the concept of a mean lesbian? No, because lesbians aren't usually mean to me. <laughs> 
I mean, t- to your face, Gabe. No, the um, <laughs> yeah, there is a, a sort of mean lesbian vibe meme kind of kind of thing going around. And maybe in my head, I'm like, maybe she just fits into that. I just think she's uh, my my full like biggest complaint with that series is that it ended with Elizabeth just being like, I guess I'll never go on the sea again. <laughs> see you, uh, see yes. in seven years, Will. <laughs> God. Like yeah, what? I, and the thing is, the thing that bothered me was I really wanted to like her character. I really went and I I liked the concept of her character. I liked the actress. I felt like they copped out when they were writing her or writing her story. It's it's like we're going to make her a side character and then we're going to make her a main character and then they basically sidelined her again. And I'm like, pick one, pick one, and then make her like give her the story that she deserves instead of like pretending that she's. They they acted like she was a half replacement for Jack when she's her own powerful individual character. Again, I must say to you, Gabe, have you considered the outfit she wears in the Singapore sequence? <laughs> have you considered? Look, I, was- I didn't say she wasn't hot. She she can, look, if Will is on the sea, I will happily be her like land man. I don't, I, look, anything that she wants, I look like Davy Jones, Jack Sparrow, and Calypso had a triangle baby. Like, I'll hook her up. That's fine. But I'm She'd just- She'd be into that. I probably, I'm just, I'm just mad they didn't give me the Elizabeth Swan that should have gotten the attention she deserved. It's like they wanted to give us a powerful femme character and they're like, but, nah, never mind, never mind, never mind. Like, Listen, when I uh, finally make my video essay about how underappreciated Elizabeth Swan is, truly the mark of success will be moving the dial on your dislike of this character even slightly. Yes. That's going to be my aim I'm for it. it. But I really enjoy the fact that both of us have Pirates of the Caribbean as one of our queer awakening sort of movies. I love that that was the one that you started with. Not even planned, listeners at home. Uh, that was just the power of <laughs> the power of Friendship. Disney, I guess. The power of, uh, the power of the key Disney's blade. IP. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. I just at any time assume that they're making another Pirates of the Caribbean movie. I feel like the world is always in a state of having had one announced, yeah. watching one, or like waiting for the next one to be announced. I feel like it's never going to go thought that like jungle cruise was them trying to be like i remember that remember that franchise we did about a ride and uh i don't i don't quite know if it's got the got the chops yeah you're probably right sweet shall we in that case move from the high seas i assume although i don't know maybe every single movie that you're about to mention is pirate related no no but that's fair to your second choice we're going to move from the sea of water to the sea of sand. Ooh. We're going to talk a little bit about Aladdin. I already, as soon as you said sand, I was like, yep. well, there can only be one option here. Picking Aladdin or Jasmine is impossible. They are, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, don't, don't at me. I don't care. Be- so, okay, they were both beautiful people. Inside and out. Yeah, like, oh. <laughs> but they were both incredibly charming, and it was nice seeing a relationship that... They had close relationships with so many different types of people and the way that they expressed it or the way that they enjoyed it, it wasn't like tainted unless the people were distinctly evil and bad. Like Jasmine's relationship with her dad was genuinely like, for the, well, eh, for the most part, healthy until we look at like the weird underlying tones. But like at face value, it was good seeing Aladdin this man get into a situation 
come out with a whole bunch of possibility for wealth, glory, and all of that, and then just take a root of like personal happiness, that actually is what like enticed me so much because like that portrayal of a man is not something that I felt like I got a lot of younger and it made me admire his character so much more. Like, yes, like that's that's the kind of person that I want to see and I would want to be with. Amazing. I, yeah, fully agree on that. I feel like I need to rewatch Aladdin. I think I don't not watched it since I was a lot younger, but I found the entire thing entirely charming as a child. Also, yeah. absolutely banging soundtrack, obviously. Yes. Cannot Street be ignored. Rat scoundrel. How do you feel about the live action remake? Is that something you've dipped your toes into? I actually haven't seen it. I'm not sure if it'll give me the same, the same levels of excitement. Have you seen it? I have. It was very forgettable. I have a very good friend who would probably like lock me in the darkest deepest dungeon for saying this because she was very into the to aladdin in every single way shape or form but i was like very forgettable prince ali the sequence that was that song was an absolute bop but i wasn't necessary they tried to add a little bit of like jasmine is a feminist and i was like i (laughs) i don't know if that needed to be added but i guess i did that with they kind of keep trying to do that in the remakes here's a very important question for you Mm -hmm. have you seen king of thieves Yes. How do you feel about Aladdin's hot dad? <laughs> yes. Where does he rank on your <laughs> Aladdin spectrum? Ooh. Okay. Okay. So, above Aladdin. <laughs> <gasps> okay. Yes. Okay. Also agreed. I'm like, is he my exception? <laughs> Aladdin is pretty. But the dad is handsome. (laughs) You are not wrong. Listen, I am a lesbian. I am only attracted to women. And yet, if the cartoon man, Aladdin's dad, Mm -hmm. whose name I have forgotten, Mm -hmm. Hakeem, I think, was to step out of the television after I had had a heart attack at the fact that a cartoon man was standing before me and that such things were possible, I would take him on a date. So that's valid. Honestly, it would probably be an amazing date. The man would show you things that you've never seen before. And we can interpret that and in however we would like to. But like those, <laughs> there are plenty of things that people love to grab onto on other people. Uh, and those gray strips on the side of his head are basically just guidance. Aladdin, Aladdin would take me on a date on a magic carpet. And yet I still believe that a date with Hakeem would be a, an even more wondrous adventure. Absolutely. For many reasons. Absolutely. I just, I love how it was like, <laughs> here is my hot take, Rowan. And I was like, cool, I take your hot take and I raise you yes. a hot dad. Yep. Oh, it's yes. all coming together. Look, I, I am a dream daddy cosplayer. I have, if you, if you look at like a third of the cosplays I've done, they've been a lot of dads. <laughs> dream daddy is the bi dad, which obviously has shaped a lot of me. Dragon Prince has the oh my god, uh, of course, yeah, has the dad, uh, and I guess something another another good example is like I wasn't even thinking about this, but uh, Shira, the dad from Shira, Bo's Bo has two dads. Yes, oh my god, and I've cosplayed as one of the dads from Shira. Just he is like the beautiful man with long dreads and everything, and then he's got his gorgeous husband that also looks like a dream daddy character. 
I've been, I've cosplayed as a straight appearing dad. I've cosplayed as a bi dad, and I've cosplayed as a gay dad now. <laughs> you you you've got the like full bingo card of dads. Yes, basically, it's it's that's the, everything. That's exactly right. I'm interested to know like when. When we're talking about these, mm-hmm. were these always, these pieces of media, were these always things that you were exploring like at the age when you first watched them? Was it something that was like pinging in the back of your mind whether or not you kind of realized what it meant? Or is this stuff where you were like, actually it was looking back on them when I was older that made me kind of realize what was going on there? I think it was more like looking back on it when I was older because it, I've never like, for, for a while, I didn't really care about having a word for it. And even even now, like that's that's a great reason that like queer is a great overarching term mm. because I don't I don't and it varies depending on the day. And I don't always know where the hell I fall in the spectrum. And I realized very quickly that like the reason I kept trying to find a term for it was because other people wanted a term from me for it. And after I realized that, I was like, actually, who cares? Because it, it's not up to them to determine this. It's just up to me. If these three men are attractive to me and like the other 300 in this situation aren't. I don't have to define in one way or another or whatever way, because there's sometimes there are people that it's like just the emotional attraction to them. Sometimes it's just a physical attraction sometimes. And it's it's so situational that I was like, when I was looking back at it, I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I don't, I don't know where it falls, but it, it wasn't just this and it wasn't just that. So let's put it in the umbrella. Yeah, absolutely. So if you've been enjoying the podcast so far, or to be honest, even if you haven't, you should definitely check out some of the other shows that are part of the Multitude Collective. The one that I'm going to talk about specifically today is Horse. So quick confession, um, I, in my misspent youth, was in fact not the femme lesbian that you see before you, but a very confused little middle school jock. And so I have, in my real life, left the world of sports behind, but in my podcast life, continued to be intrigued. And so, for that very dark and shameful reason, have been listening to the podcast Horse recently. So it's essentially a podcast that talks about some of the most like ridiculous stories, the drama, the highs and lows, the biggest and baddest of the world of basketball. Now, I should say, I never played basketball and I have no intention to, but you do not have to be a super fan to appreciate this podcast. You can be someone who has literally never cared about sports before. And the comedic stylings of your hosts, Adam Mamawala and Mike Schubert, will, I'm sure, appeal to you. This isn't about the scores of the latest games, it is about the unbelievable history and culture of basketball, whether it's a shot-by-shot breakdown of Get Your Head in the Game from High School Musical, absolutely iconic, or a thorough discussion of the best and worst food at NBA arenas, the Horse Boys have got you covered. New episodes release every other Monday. Just search Horse in your podcast app or check out horsehoops.com. Horse, because basketball is more than what happens on the court. Quick question, dear listener. Do you use the internet? Because if the answer is yes, then today's sponsor is for you. Particularly if you, like me, have an embarrassingly large amount of tabs open on your browser at any one time. I am talking, of course, about Tab for a Cause, a browser extension that lets you raise money for charity while just doing your thing online. Basically, how it works is whenever you open a new tab, you will see two things a beautiful photo and a small ad. And then part of that ad money goes towards a charity of your choice. 
It really is as simple as that. Every time you open up a tab, you no longer have to feel guilty about the 103 other ones that are open in a different window behind the one that you're currently using. You can just say, hey, I'm doing it for charity, so it's fine. So if that sounds up your street, then you can join Team Queer Movie Podcast by signing up at tabforacause.org forward slash queer movie. I would love to hear about mysterious character slash movie slash thing you have brought to the table number three. So this is a weird one. This I love it. Sandwich right in the middle, just to get in, getting a bit weird by number number three. James Cameron's Avatar. <laughs> okay, I can only assume. Considering, mm-hmm. I don't know how many people know this out there. I don't know how many people are Disney World aficionados like ourselves, but um, they have made an entire Avatar land, Pandora, I know, I know, in the animal kingdom. I can only assume, because that movie made a lot of money and zero cultural impact, mm-hmm. other than, I guess, mm-hmm. on people like you. So I can only assume that you were solely responsible for that becoming a thing. Oh, my God. I, I have... There was a PDF when that movie came out of the language that I spent like six months memorizing a huge chunk of it. I love this so much. I have so many pictures taken at Pandora from Disney World. I was speaking the language to some of like the employee cast members and they looked at me with so much concern and confusion in their eyes because none of them knew what the hell I was saying. They had no clue. And those, those gigantic blue people that were like beautiful trees that I just wanted to climb. Like I didn't, I didn't care about gender or anything. I just wanted them to hold me, <laughs> like just, just hold me, cradle me, kiss my forehead. Yes, please, thank you. <laughs> uh, amazing. I got, and they, they were all beautiful. It, the, the markings, the tattoos, the like ten foot, eleven foot, twelve foot tall. It's just I. I never felt the analogy I want to climb someone like a tree until that movie. And then I was like, I get it. I feel like, okay, so when I've been at Disney World, I've not really been someone who is super into like meeting characters. I have some Mm -hmm. friends I've gone with who are really into it. And I'm like really happy being the person who takes pictures and hypes them up and everything. But when I went to the the, like princess bit, I met Tiana. Mm. There was just something about this like beautiful woman talking to me about food because that's obviously a really like, you know, a good talking point for Tiana's character who owns a restaurant Yes, where she just be asking me like what my favorite, like what food was like a popular where I was from and talking about her restaurant and stuff. And my heart was like a little bit of a flutter. I imagine that your you will reach your final form when you go to Pandora and they have worked out how to do the Navi as character as like walking around characters. I feel like at that point, you will like ascend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that That quiet, yeah, is is so strong. <laughs> um, I, it like is, it's so weird to think about it, but like one of the things that made me realize was like, it was, it was that moment of like, they're all beautiful. Like they're all, they're all gorgeous. I don't, I don't care what they have. I don't care who they are. They're all beautiful. Man, woman, non-binary, like whoever they are, wherever they identify, I was like, they're all hot. And this, this is, that was when I was like, yeah, okay, this makes sense. This checks out. 
I can't say I've ever been specifically attracted to those aliens, but I we can fix that. Fully, re- maybe I maybe I haven't watched I have, Avatar. I have plenty of cosplaying friends. Soon enough. Oh no! Yeah, I'm gonna no, send that's, you some that's links. the danger. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you some. Links I know you them. are. That's yep. I have zero doubt that that's gonna happen. I'm like waiting. I'm like maybe it's gonna ping right now. Maybe that's. Oh, it absolutely maybe, it will. I'm oh, it's I'm finding it. Excellent. <laughs> I love the how sometimes you have very what people consider normal not you personally although obviously you personally but just you one in general will have these kind of moments of like oh oh my goodness about you know these human beings you know acting and then sometimes it's like oh i like this cartoon of a human and then something sometimes it's just like i like this um concept i like this vibe i feel like just this whole thing they've got going on is uh real great in that case i mean how are you feeling about the fact that they're apparently making like four new movies in this franchise i'm ready i'm ready have you have you already like committed to a cosplay for it or are you like 100 percent. i've had a navi bodysuit since i was about 18 uh but now i know how to do makeup so gonna look even better oh yeah yeah i'm yeah. so ready for that and you've got the bows as well like it's all coming together you're absolutely right I'm trying I'm trying to be everybody's problem. So, I mean, you truly are everyone's problem, to That's be true. fair. You, you already. People, it's really funny because I knew you from D&D stuff. Yep. Like, that's how I first came across you. And it wasn't until you, congratulations, by the way, were being this sort of storyteller uh, with Dimension 20. Thank you. That I realized that, like, everyone was watching yeah. this trailer, this announcement, and every single person had a different reference for like where they knew you from. And a lot <laughs> yeah. of people just know you as like th- the thirst trap person, yeah. like the person who just does like thirst trap cosplays. Yes, it's really funny to me. There's there's people who knew me, uh, there's people who know me from Tumblr as the Fade Dad or the Unicorn Man. Uh, there's some people who know me from TikTok. Uh, some people know me from TikTok as like the hot vampire guy. Um, some people know me from my howl. Some people know me from my dream daddy cosplay. Yeah, some people just know me as like the thirst trap dude from Twitter and Instagram. It's so many different places. That's not even counting like the game design stuff. So it's it's mm-hmm. it, I've I have gotten some messages about being some people's bio awakenings like over this past year. Amazing. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm just like good. Learn about yourself. I mean, I obviously take great pride in having stumbled across you for your intellect and yes. genuine, you know, brain. But I, uh, you know, we come for the brain. We stick around for the thirst traps. Yep, That's stay, just how come for the brain, stay for the butt. How it works. I sent, I sent you, some, <laughs> I sent you some things on Twitter. I just want you to know that. There we go. Aren't you guys jealous listening to this? That it's just, it's just yep. me essentially getting a load of messages that you can't Good. see from Gabe yep. this whole Good. time. Good. <laughs> I would love to hear about your fourth thing that you have bought for me. Hell yes. That is the Wild Wild West movie with Will Smith. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. We've really, ha- truly had a journey today. We were oh at the high God, seas. Yeah. We were in the desert. We've gone to space. Yep. We're back in, we're back, I guess, in the desert, but a different desert. Basically. So I have a confession to make. You've never seen it. I have not seen this movie. You will. It's been on my watch list for so long. I got you. Here is, okay, here's my someone who's never watched it impression of what I assume it's about because my I'm going to tell you right now and I cannot believe that this confession is coming out of me my closest sort of brush with this movie was that in my extremely white high school at the age of 12 during a dance production I 
was not sorted into this group because there were two groups of like the 12 and 13 year olds. It was a different group, but they did a dance to the theme song of this movie. Yes. And it was the most like 12, 13 year olds who can't really dance very well. Like everything was very much on beat. There was nothing like, and that beat, it was like the slow bit of the beat as well. Like very steady, very like bad, like finger gun type dance moves. I really wish I had a recording of it because I would, that would be the thing that I sent you in return. I'm incredibly happy about this. And that's truly as close as I've gotten to this movie. And I'm not going to lie to you, Gabe, that was not in fact part of my gay awakening in any way, shape or form, even at the time. I'm sure. So I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to maybe discover <laughs> discover this late on in a way that isn't just a load of bad dancing. Yeah. Is it like I've the the impression I get of it is that it is Wild West, but there is some kind of like steampunky vibe to it. There's like some something in it that's a little bit Absolutely. fun and fun and funky. Please tell me, slash the listeners at home, wh- what is it? I look, that movie starts with Will Smith shirtless in a water tower. I <laughs> God. Say God. no more, Gabe. It's and it, but please say more. This this man in hot pants all over this hot damn movie. I have not seen a man like that in leather that much unless it was at a very specifically designated party. So this movie was just making some dreams come true. Watching him spin a pistol, no no double entendre intended. It it was like maybe I do like the Wild West more than I thought. <laughs> You're like I was a pirate. I was a pirate kid, but now I am I a cowboy kid? Yeah, you look. Oh, damn, it's so confusing. Cowboys ride. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what I'm gonna say. Oh my gosh. I mean, was there anything to it other than the hot hot bod of Will Smith? Was there was there anything else? Or? I mean, it was decent. <laughs> I mean, <this> okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, Gabe. You really, I was I was hoping you were gonna sell it to me. I don't know if Will Smith is hot can necessarily take me. Through into the story. But I do appreciate You like Sofia Vergara? Do you like Sofia Vergara? Oh, see, now now it's getting a little bit more interesting. Selma, excuse me, not Sofia Vergara. It was Selma Hayek. Oh, you know what? Equally as I'm on board. Uh, she is in it. She she wears a bodice. I think she keeps like a gun underneath like her left thigh or like in her right boot. It gets, I love, I love yeah. weapons where they aren't meant to be weapons. You know, weapons where you're like, oh. That was a little surprise. Okay, this is not where I thought you were gonna be. This yeah. is maybe not safe, but we're, we'll take yeah. it. No, she is, she is in it. She is hot as hell and she makes it work. I love that. I will say, I mean, speaking of weapons that are, just don't really seem safe, I truly could spend the rest of my life contemplating that scene in Wonder Woman where she has a sword just down her back. Yeah, I I fully in my head have like replayed that Wonder Woman scene where she takes a sword like out of her own spine, and I'm like, at no, no point does this make logical sense, but the vibes are there. Yes, um, that's all I really care about. Yeah, I'll take it. In terms of these, like the order that you've put these in, was this the order of of like age when this came up for you, or was this just? Do you have a sense of which one was first? Like which one was kind of the. Or is it just a big soup? It was it was definitely Wild Wild West was was first. Pirates of the Caribbean. Then like more of like when I watched Aladdin, I was like not much older, but still old enough to like kind of have a better gauge of it. And then Avatar was probably the most recent of like these movies. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I find myself, and I know that Jazz are as well, like we're very similar ages, find ourselves really looking, when we are looking back at this media that we connected with or that we were interested in, it very much is like, none of this was explicitly gay. Like we're not looking back at something and being like, ah, oh, I saw this character come out as gay. And then I was like, ah, oh, that might be me. It was more like, hmm, something's going on here. And it wasn't until later that that stuff was kind of available to us. or we knew about it. And like, I very specifically remember, like the only things that talked about being gay were things that were probably not appropriate for children to be watching. <laughs> like they were things that were like queer as folk, stuff like that. And I definitely feel like I watch those things kind of ironically because I think a lot of people probably think that keeping keeping gay people out of media was like helping children and I'm like well I fully was exposed to non <laughs> non sort of child friendly gay media beforehand because there was no alternative and so I'm kind of wondering like where on that kind of timeline you were at like did you ever feel like there was any like explicitly queer media when you were growing up was that something that you were able to seek out or that you're able to find or was it very much still like, no, I was waiting until I was an adult before that stuff started to sort of appear f for me. I think I never, I actually never really like sought it out mm. because I had just, I had just interpreted it to fit however I was feeling. And there, cause there, there is, there is like a lack when people will, if people don't explicitly say it and there's, there's a whole different experience when it's like a real confirmation but then I, I hit a point, I don't know when it was, when I was like, I, I had moments where I liked it when it wasn't fully clear because mm. then it could mean whatever I wanted it to mean to me. Yeah. Yeah. And we definitely need more of a representation where it's it's so blunt and distinct. Like like Shriek Week. Like it, Shriek Week is, is queer as hell. It's very clear. Many of the characters are non-binary. All of the characters have varied sexualities that like I had notes on and it just only mattered if it came up in game for like the, the people to romance. Some other people have been seeking out gay, poly, general queer relationships. And it was it was so intentional because it was so lacking in a lot of the games that I played. But I also, I play a character uh, on a show, Shakar, and he's bi. And it's just never come up because no one's asked. Mm. So I've, I've, been, I've been trying to leave and trying to find more things that, that I can interpret however I wanted to or however it like, could be meaningful to me. Yeah. I'm kind of interested to know from you, like with queer stuff, I guess it's easier to interpret. Whereas yes. if we're talking about you being like a black queer person, yep. it's harder to like interpret unless you're talking about like very much I guess like avatar style non-human entities that you can decide are coded as black yes. like it's more difficult to be like oh I'm just gonna read this white person as black so did you yep. find that it was easier for you to kind of like seek out media where you felt represented as a black person and then kind of see the queerness within that rather than I guess vice versa absolutely god it's a weird thing to think about but I realized, like, even in a personal representation, I am a very public-facing Black queer person. Mm. And it's why I try so hard to present myself in a way that also, like, is, rel like, relatable. Like, I don't, I don't want to create or facilitate parasocial relationships, but I do want people to be able to see me as a person of color queer person who's just doing the thing and is also just a person i don't i don't want them to see me as an unachievable representation for themselves trying to find those notions in media 
because I want I want notions in media where it's a big deal. And I also want notions in media where it's just normal. Mm. I like when people are excited to see me as that representation. And I also like when people see me as a normal part of that representation, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's that's part of why it's so hard. Like, I feel like it's so hard to find it in media because we get moments where it's so rare to see that straight and distinct representation in a blunt way that it's always something we have to be loud about because it's so minute and minuscule in its availability and it's yeah it's hard yeah kind of like a drop in the ocean that you kind of have to be like hello i am here i guess for the people who need to see it yes it's so easy to miss if you don't know exactly where to look because the internet slash creative endeavors movies books it's like a big place out there and trying to find i am really lucky that i like know a lot about queer media like obviously that's kind of uh, something for me that I could if someone asked me to like give them recommendations like I pretty much off the top of my head would be able to give them stuff yes. but when you're when I speak to people who are like queer themselves and actually really want to know about queer media a lot of them have like never heard of half of this stuff because it is that question of like yeah where would I go to to seek it out and I think that when you you find one person on like Tumblr or Instagram or TikTok or, or Twitter to follow you sort of end up down a rabbit hole of finding a ton of other people but you kind of need to there needs to be a break in that algorithm to allow you to find those people and sometimes I mean obviously you're on you're on TikTok and um yep. And there have been a lot of discussions about the way that TikTok kind of pushes white creators to the front, yeah. pushes like certain kinds of creators to the front. And that's, you know, been something they've been protests about. And so it's that I, I guess I understand the idea of being blatant with it and being very open, open with it if you're willing to be, because it is something that is difficult to to find sometimes, yeah. even for people who are really excited to see it because it reflects who they are. So so this so this actually kind of relates to like the last thing that I was mentioning. Oh my god, look at us segueing in. Exactly. And a lot of one of the th I like uh in some ways anime because anime has definitely become better with more queer representation and making it be like more clear and more forward-facing even though a lot of things are still very reserved. But anime also can have more feminine or femme representations of men which I definitely think helps lead into queer representation, but it's also a conflict because one of the things that is is so terrible with anime and manga that a lot of the fan base like drives me over the wall is I I really get upset with fetishization of like gay or like bi men in relationships in these things by fan bases mm. because it's never just a thing that happens. It's it's more that like, no, these characters have to be gay because they're friends. I don't feel like I get to enjoy meaningful gay or bi men relationships in a lot of media in general because it ends up being like fetishized, especially by some queer people in general or not even necessarily queer people, like just some femme people are like, well, look at look at these two men who have to love each other. And especially as people who are not men, I really get annoyed when I see media or fans try to make that happen. Or it's like it's it's like men cannot be together like it's like it's a calm, normal thing that we can enjoy or appreciate. 
You mean like being like two uh, queer characters can't be friends or like two, yes, yeah, like two any characters can't two, be just be two friends? Two queer characters can't be friends. And it's, it's especially if it's men. Mm. I think about this a lot that actually, you know, these like tests, like the Bechdel test, stuff like that. And there's a lot of debate around like whether they're useful or what they actually show and all this kind of stuff. And I think like at the heart of it, it's about if you only have a very small yep. amount of representation of a particular group yep. you can only show a certain amount of story of experiences yes. and as soon as you open that up to like multiple people with that identity it leaves so much more space yes. to have loads of different ones of these experiences which is why i really really have enjoyed media where it's like hey let's explore loads of different people with this identity exactly. whether that is like on the queer side yep. you've obviously got things like cucumber banana tofu <laughs> which if you're not from the uk i don't know if you if that's like made its way across the pond no it just sounded very funny and it made me google oh yeah it is it's it's very much on purpose so it was three different shows so cucumber and banana were like television shows and then tofu was like an online show um and it was from russell t davies who is like the absolute og fucking goat of queer tv yeah. um so he was the guy who like originally created queer as folk and then went on he's done years and years he did it's a sin kind of basically was the first person to put queer characters on children's tv in the uk yes. with doctor who That's awesome. like he he created jack jack harkness like he's just he's just like an amazing person i love that character so much i adore russell t davies and like he has done so much and he's had a really awful time of it he lost his partner and kind of had to be a carer for his partner for a while and then tragically lost him and so he kind of came out of that kind of using the experience and using the pain after having this kind of time to mourn to to write it's a sin to create it's a sin and put it out there and I feel like he's just got more and more stuff to do but he, a lot of his stuff it kind of ends up being here's a whole group of people who are queer. Yeah. What are they going to do about it? I know that the film Pride, one of my favorite films of all time, which we just did a, a movie club episode about, one of its biggest strengths is that it has this whole like range of, of queer voices that are outspoken, that are more conservative, that are newly out, that have been out for years, that are older, that are younger. like, And that allows you to have these kind of um, disagreements or especially when you look at audiences from outside of that identity looking in, you don't ever have their them looking in and being like, look, this gay character said this, or I guess this black character, this disabled character, like they said this or they think this or they do this and therefore kind of using it. Because I don't, I'd never want, you know, marginalized creators to feel self-censored by what people outside yes. of their identity might take from what they want to discuss especially when we're talking about like intra-community issues so things that are like actual issues within that community that it's like hey so like obviously negative stereotypes are bad but sometimes people do fit those stereotypes and we maybe need to talk about it yep. so yeah i really i i i totally get what you mean around those kind of the idea of if you've got these characters and they have to fit into a particular box, they have to like be romantically linked if they're gay, which I think also does. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I feel like it often kind of trickles out into real life. This kind of assumption of like, oh, yeah. oh my God, I know a gay person. Do you want to date yep. them? My sister's actually a lesbian. You should get married. And you're like, mm, I don't know if that's... No, no, that's that's not how that works. I don't know this person. It's... <laughs> Well, that 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 just happened to be in real life. Mm. I was I was hanging out with a friend of mine that's gay, and someone asked like, "Have you guys ever kissed before?" And I'm like, "No." Why would you say that? Why we we've known each other for like three years, and we're we're very good friends. 
we're not attracted to each other. What is this? I do think that my, I was going to say you could just say that to to every straight person in your life. Just every time you yep. see them, that you just comment everyone you go past, you're like, have you, make, have you kissed them? You, ki- you kissed them? God, God, I just thought. Oh, no, but I wish. I just thought they would be. Or they also, I mean, I feel like are the straight people okay is my favorite internet meme because like the whole conversation about like can men and women be friends and i'm like what's wrong with you people god i literally okay i i literally was having a conversation with someone in a bar and then the person left it it was it was and it was it was a woman and the person left and then my friends were like gabe why didn't you ask for her number i'm like i don't I don't know her. We were just having a chat, you guys. Yeah, we were having a great conversation. She graduated nursing school. Don't be weird about this. Oh my gosh. I would love to know your, uh, do we, how, how, what number are we on? Are we on number four, number five? I can't remember how, how many we still have left to go. Well, that was, that was five. Cause I, I was, was just five. basically love talking it. about like anime in general. So that Amazing. was, that was five, but we could, we could, we could do a quick bonus. Six. Oh my God. Yes. Let's do a bonus. Arcane, like arcane recently. <gasps> oh, okay. Okay the lesbian representation in arcane that's not subtle it's not just for interpretation it's clear even confirmed by like designers on twitter it's clear and gorgeous i love it i love that i love that we've got like a new entry i guess something that's more that's more recent for you i mean do you i think that's really that is really interesting you talked at the beginning about this journey of like being openly queer and specifically I guess to an audience or or online being more of a recent thing do you feel like you have settled enough into like your identity or who you are that it feels like a solid thing that when you are encountering new media it's not necessarily showing you anything new about yourself or do you think you're still and I don't mean still like catch up Gabe because I don't think there's necessarily an end to that a lot of people will like continue discovering new things about themselves and that's not like a bad thing but I'm kind of wondering where you are in that process i guess it's been a whole lot better especially recently because even with queer media also a lot of it is white queer media Mm. so there's like a weird middle ground of like do i belong or do i not belong because the the experience can be different even if it's not substantially different if it's still different there's queer media of what you see is too white people that are gay or bi or two white lesbians and it is excited and cheered for and celebrated but queer media with two people of color or uh, a person of color with uh, another queer person that is white in media is so much fewer and far between and it's it's definitely better like like she is a great example because you have the two gay dads but I would like I, anyone that's listening, I challenge you to try to think of how much queer media you can think of where there is two queer people of color mm. that are represented in that queer media. And it's hard to find it. One of the queer movies that I loved recently, well, it had two queer characters, The Old Guard. That's it. Yes, I loved that movie. And I I loved... I love the, the the queer media representation because it it was just right. It was just good. It was just fun. It just felt right. There was that whole extra layer of like they've been together for years and years and years and years, and we're still incredibly close. And so I as as we see more of the diversity and representation in it, I I do start to see more of myself in it. And it's slow. I see a lot more of it, and like 
indie projects or like games or things mm. like that, like individual novels and such will have way wider visual casts or even even like tabletop shows. Like they'll they'll have a bunch of the queer relationships with people of all shapes and colors and sizes. And I'm I'm a very fortunate person that like I am incredibly fit without really have to having to try to be, but I don't think we also get like very much great representation of fat queer relationships mm. at all. And it's it's something that I think of not even just for myself, but like I've I have plenty of fat queer friends who also fully acknowledge and want people to like understand that being fat isn't a bad thing, but when you are fat and queer, people look at you differently or treat it differently. And because of that, the media representation is so few and far in between. And that sucks. Yeah. I've had a better experience with media representation in a sad way because I've stopped looking to mainstream media to give me that. Mm, absolutely. Because like I, I, do, I don't have high expectations for what they will do to represent these things. Because oftentimes the people who are in those positions to do it are not a representation of us or you or me. Mm -hmm. But the people who are, are putting these things out there and then we give them a chance to challenge and not necessarily compete, but maybe like almost meet those moments and meet those representations and meet that excitement. Absolutely. I think that there's some really interesting, I guess there's, it's kind of that double-edged sword thing of when you have people who are being given the opportunities, you might end up having something that's more mainstream, but you most likely will have a lack of the people who are being represented in the actual creative team. Yes. And then you've got things that are really indie that maybe don't have a strong release that you can't really stream easily in different places. And those are the ones that have a really kind of unique voice to them, have a really authentic voice, but maybe don't have a strong budget, like didn't have like particularly good quality in a lot of in a lot of cases, like had a lot of heart to them, which is like very much the story of like yeah. queer cinema in general. Just because I literally earlier on was like, I love to give recommendations to people. If there is anyone who's watching who is like, hmm, I would like to see some like black queer movies that have like black queer people at the heart of the creation mm -hmm. if you have not already seen because i feel like moonlight and tangerine oh, yeah. are probably ones that people are like oh yes those are the ones that i kind of know black british excellence that is campbell x oh my gosh watch stud life Ooh, that's yeah. uh incredible the watermelon woman obviously is an unbelievable movie like i love that film so much i was really lucky to see it as like a remastered version at the british film institute they did like a, yes. a screening of it it was beautiful and brilliant i've not seen naz and malik but it's meant to be amazing it was i want to say 2015 2016 and it was basically like this sort of acclaimed award-winning film that I haven't annoyingly been able to see yet if you're wanting to go like elsewhere obviously Rafiki is a Kenyan film that has stunning cinematography really brilliant chemistry between the leads there's a lot out there but it is as you said like difficult to to find stuff and um, something that might be interesting for people who are looking for one of identities within or that cross over into the queer spectrum that don't get a lot of love there is a Kenyan film about being intersex it was sort of a documentary that was filmed over three years called Sydney and Friends from a couple of years ago that also might be of interest to people but go go seek out this stuff don't rely on what pops up on like the Netflix LGBT 
<laughs> tab, which is not necessarily yeah. the most useful in terms of finding stuff. Because I think Gabe's absolutely right. Some of the best stuff is going to be things that are happening at like your local film festivals or that have like limited releases or are kind of indie things on YouTube. So definitely check those out and kind of be yeah. be willing to go with like the authenticity and heart of a project rather than just what has the flashiest sort of cameras and and lighting and editing and stuff like that. Yeah, because like the the stuff is out there and it it's it's a pain in the ass that we have to seek it out. Mm -hmm. But when you when you find the one that really sticks with you, it makes it like I I've I've talked about it more than once, but like I am the storyteller on Shriek Week uh on Dimension 20. Dimension 20 is like the tabletop role playing side of college humor. It is essentially if you're not familiar with tabletop stuff, it is essentially narrative improv with rules and mechanics tied into it that are basically linked to like dice that we roll that helps us determine if something works if something doesn't work and i had a cast of four people playing characters and my job was basically to facilitate the story the different other characters they would meet the way the narrative would go get the different locations and what was happening in those moments and like npcs so non-player characters were the characters that I was coming up with. And it was kind of like a Scooby-Doo-esque, like monster kind of dating sim, dating game thing. And all of the different characters had pronouns that they used. They all had sexual identities. They all had gender identities. They all had likes, dislikes, hobbies that I made for a list of 15 different characters that somehow I managed to introduce all of them in the first episode and one of the nicest things was like there was they were even like diverse in nationalities there was the chupacabra character who uh, was he him and he had a skateboard that had the puerto rican flag on it because the chupacabra is a puerto rican myth and it was a way to represent so many different aspects of someone and an identity and then represent it there was um yadwiga which was our character that was like referencing the baba yaga and we had uh, a Van Helsing character who was neutral, like a gender neutral person that was bi uh, and would also use he, him, but like preferred the they, them, which was like kind of a, a self insert for me as I was also kind of like exploring my own aspects of my identity, like my queer identity. And when I had people reaching out like excited or emotional, happy to see like, there's like just gay characters and this show that I watch and it's just a normal thing for everyone. I don't think any of the characters were just simply like the player characters, I don't think any of them were just simply straight. Uh, everyone had a different gender identity. Like with these kind of role play games and obviously Dungeons and Dragons is the one that a lot of people are, will be most familiar with, but there are so many of them out there and, and a lot of them are like very specifically built for queer characters and queer players and, and people to explore that and that yeah. like what we were talking about the the kind of lack of funding or the lack of access that actually this is the kind of like very immediately accessible media where obviously with dimension 20 you have like an actual production going on with it but yes. you could just as easily like grab some friends start streaming and tell this story and like be the one who gets to to tell the tale the kind of theater of the imagination thing you don't need all these sets and lights and fancy budget and cameras and editors and color grading and all this kind of stuff like you would for making like a tv show or a film you can decide to tell your own story you know as it goes along and there's some amazing people who are 
making this stuff that is like super diverse, that has all of these voices that you would just not see otherwise. I know that Transplaner is like doing stuff where it's like, hey, we're all just going to be like trans people making these characters and we're all going to be interacting together and this is going to be us owning and telling our own story. And I think that that's really kind of exciting. I think, unless there's anything else you wanted to chat about, I think we can do like a sort of, we can do our concluding remarks. No, I, that sounds good. Th thank you for having me. This was fun and like kind of cathartic that I didn't even know I wanted. Oh my God. Thank you so much for coming on. I was, me and uh, Jazza were, went through a load of ideas about different types of episodes that we wanted to do with guests and we knew we wanted to do hot takes, but we were like, we want something else that people can come and feel really passionate about, but not necessarily have to like, especially if we invited anyone from the, the film industry, wouldn't have to like burn any bridges. So something nice yes, and positive. Yes. And uh I've really I've I've so enjoyed like this being the first recording. I'm really glad that we've gotten to like chat because we know each other from the online world, but we haven't really been yes. able to obviously either see each other or kind of talk like this. So it's been so so fun to oh to to hang out on the uh on the old podcast recording. Absolutely. This is how I talk to my friends now everyone. I just invite them onto this podcast and then I have to put it in my calendar and uh it's work so I I get to put I get to put it in the schedule. So what what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a podcast and then make you come on it so we can just. That's how it. it works. But but mine will be games uh, that like shaped shaped you. Oh my god, amazing! And then I'll have to be like, uh, snap, um, uh, tiddlywinks. I'll I'll pick some really good. I'll pick some like really <laughs> niche British games. Some like British bulldog. I'll just be... Tiddly, tiddlywinks made you gay. Yeah, tiddlywinks made me gay. I mean, listen, listen, just the name. You're going to say tiddlywinks made okay. you straight, That's actually Gabe. very fair. No, that was not Okay, you got me there. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. This was a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter to keep up to date with everything podcast related. If you enjoyed this episode, please do think about supporting us over on Patreon. Our patrons really are the backbone of the podcast, and in exchange for your support, we have some great tier rewards set up over there. One of the perks on our Patreon is a queer movie watch-along every last Saturday of the month, exclusively for our patrons. It's very fun, so, you know, come and join us. The Queer Movie Podcast is edited by Julia Shafini. We're also part of Multitude Productions, which has a lot more amazing sibling podcasts to ours that you should definitely check out. Make sure you follow and subscribe to the podcast so you are primed for our next episode. Thank you so much for listening and hopefully you will hear from us very soon. <laughs>